everybody. It is Fola Jimmy and welcome to Fola at Work. Today we have Michelle Lee back and she's going to be sharing with us a continuation from the previous video we, we have done on the core four, core, four core wounds. Say that three times really fast. Four core wounds that really hold women back from being their best full selves in the workplace. So Michelle, it's really great to have you here. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me back, Bella. Great to have you back. So in the last um, session we had together, we discussed what those four wounds were. And in this uh, interview, we're going to be discussing how you overcome those four wounds. Because it is one thing knowing what, being aware of what they are and knowing them. And that's, you know, great. But, but then what? So could we start for us by just a quick recap? What are those four, four core wounds? They are abandoned, fear of abandonment, fear of rejection, guilt, and shame. And all of us, if you are human, we all have wounds from our childhood of being abandoned, being rejected, and feeling guilty, and being shamed. We, you cannot grow up on this planet without having those wounds. And what's the impact of, of those wounds in the, in, the, in, the, in the workplace? So some of my, a lot of our uh, viewer, readers and viewers are uh, mid-level, but a lot more are senior exact women. How does that become a problem in the workplace? Uh, it, it's a huge problem in the workplace because we are acting out of those wounds. Our, our subconscious mind is programmed to protect us. And so in the workplace, in the world, how we, how we show up anywhere is how we show up everywhere, pretty much, right? And oftentimes when we end up working, working with people, we duplicate our family from childhood. We end up having the same dynamics. So we absolutely re unconsciously recreate our childhood and how it shows up when you are in survival mode, you may not speak up, you may hide, you don't trust your instincts, you don't trust yourself. And so, we, especially as women, we are conditioned to be the supporter, not necessarily the leader. Yeah. We're conditioned to not rock the boat, right? So all of this conditioning, we may have visions and goals to be a certain way. And we go into the workplace, but our wounds that our past abandonments, our past rejections, our past humiliations um, pop up and our subconscious mind wants to protect us from that experience. So we hold back. We hold back. Right. We hold back. And I think that's a powerful statement about holding back. And what I'm hoping, what I'm hoping we can get as a community is getting to a space where we can be our full, incredible superhero supercharged selves and just show up in whatever shape or form that is and just own that rather than apologizing and hiding and just trying to um accommodate other mm -hmm. people 
before this, we recorded this session, you asked me what my name was. And I had said that actually my name is Fola Jimmy. I've gone by Jimmy professionally because I wanted to be appealing to people who are not from my culture. Because again, the fear of rejection, that if they saw Fola Jimmy, that they were like, how is that pronounced? How is that said? And you know, maybe she won't be good enough. And so I, I, I made a choice that I don't, that isn't who I am. And I don't like it. I prefer being called Fola Jimmy. I, I, I can settle with Fola. Um, because Jimmy just has been, has been something I have done to please other people. Yes. Yes. That's so true. We automatically go into accommodating, you know, how can I best be seen? And, and what I've learned is that the more authentic you are, the more allies you have. It just, it just happens that way you connect more deeply with people being authentic. We think we're trained, conditioned, that in order to get what we want, right, we need to be accommodating, accommodating. We need to be who other people want us to be. But here's the bottom line. People don't know what they want, right? They yeah. don't know what they don't know. Right? Yeah. Like, and, and when we show up, when we move through those core wounds and we embody, and I'm really talking embody our greatness. I mean, it's a healing process, you, healing those wounds so that, you can, so that you can act and make decisions out of who you were born to be. Because who you were born, you know, who you were when you were born is completely different than who you've become out of conditioning. And, and the work that I help, with, help my clients do to embody, embody their authenticity, embody their power, and embody their presence, that, is, that creates allies, that creates their success. This is what our world needs. It's what's required. What I find interesting about allies and, and this, and I'm, you may, I'm happy if you disagree on this, we'll, we'll, but I think sometimes I have found, and I, I found this and I also found working with other people, but I'll even I'll be honest about myself. The P, I, I, I have an expectation of what my ally should look like and who my ally should be. And then I present in a way to engage with that population. But I'm finding as I'm, as I've worked, but when I've been more honest about who I am, my allies aren't the people I want. I thought they'd be. They're actually something, somebody else. But yeah. at the end of the day, I have the support I need to to get the breakthrough that I that I desire. I love that. I love that that you bring that up because expectations. I my program that I take my clients through is called lead from power and that it goes through the four pillars of lead letting go evaluating your expectations so i really speak into that just because you know when you have an expectation there's we can go deep on expectations alone but when you have a certain expectation you blind yourself to other possibilities because you're looking for what you expect and you cannot see the abundance.
all around you of the support and the abundance of allies. You're like this, you're cherry picking what your allies look like. And with that expectation, that's all you can see. When you let go of those expectations and you allow for the support to come in, your allies come from the most unexpected places and they are the most unexpected people. We're actually surrounded by allies. Absolutely. So going into the four, the four core wounds, how do we overcome? How do you help professional senior executive women overcome the, these core wounds? And I have a couple of modalities that I use. It's, it's processes, it's experiential processes, um, ener energy psychology, um, emotional freedom technique is one of those, some hypnotherapy, some hypnosis, um, totally reframing past experiences, letting them go at a, at, um, a full, letting them go 100%. A lot of this is um, the mother-daughter wound. Right. Right? How we relate to other women has a lot to do with our experience with our mothers. And there's a lot of healing around that. There's a lot of healing around that because we have passed that down generationally. And it affects whole, completely how we show up in the world and how we show up for other women, whether we trust other women, whether we find allies in other women. You know, I spoke in the last, in our last session about being the, the visiting team on the home team turf. Yeah. Well, we show up as the visiting team without a team because women haven't even been great allies for other women yeah. be because of the mother wound because of that experience. So let's talk about the mother wound. Cause I think that that's definitely something that I think is triggering for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe we should have a whole session just talking about that. But, but what, what is the mother wound? Can you give an example of how you've seen that manifest with, 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 the, with the clients or in your, in your own experience? Absolutely. Um, definitely in my own experience, I was just working with a client yesterday, going really deep into the mother wound. And but much of the mother wound is never being good enough. Never being good enough. Having a critical mom, having, so there's that sense of rejection. Our, our mother is our first closest relationship. Like we are formed within our mother right? We are formed inside her. She is our creator. And then she is our nurturer. She is the first place that we get love. So in our human minds, right? This is everything to us. She is everything to us. And when she does not have the capacity to love us unconditionally, and I don't think any mother has had the capacity to love unconditionally because she was not loved unconditionally, right? So it goes through generations. We, we then internalize that as shame and guilt. We internalize it. I am bad. I do bad things. And then we correlate that in our mind that 
if my mother can't love me, if my mother rejects me, if I'm not enough for my own mother, I am her creation and I am not enough for her. I will never be enough for anybody. Mm. So that plays out in all of our relationships. And so even in the workplace, we are constantly striving to be enough. You will hire until you heal that mother wound. You will go into jobs that recreate that relationship with your with both of your parents. I mean, we're talking about the mother wound. The mother wound is actually the wound that is the fear of abandonment. That, so that fear of abandonment, not that you're not, lots of people are abandoned by their father. doesn't mean we don't experience that. But the, the abandonment is the mother wound. And so going deep into healing that, um, my client yesterday, we were healing that, we we're going through that process. And then she had this memory of guilt and how she recreated between she and her daughter, her daughter not being enough. So we healed that immediately. It's like, as we look up and going, oh, I'm so wounded by my mom. And we go through and we're healing that wound. I'm never enough. She doesn't love me. There must be something wrong with me. Then as that releases, then we look, oh, how did I perpetuate that? And then we get to forgive ourselves. Forgiveness, that self-forgiveness. And heal that guilt and release that guilt. This releases us and frees us to get back to our genesis, who we were when we were born, mm -hmm. before the conditioning. Right. And it's that person that we go out into the world, we go out into the corporate world, we go out into the entrepreneurial world, and we are on fire, on fire. I mean, one thing you said that really struck me um, is, you know, how, it affects how we show up. And I find, I've seen this where um, women go into an, a job again and, and they recreate that pattern and they, are, they, they, only, they pick out an employer, a boss, who treats them the way they remember their mother treating them or their mother currently treats them. And they'll take a level of bad behavior and poor treatment that you shouldn't take from a person, but because you've taken that from your parent and that's okay, they're taking from this person, plus you're now still trying to get like vindication, validation from them. And no employer, no boss can ever validate you. Talk less of an abusive boss, mm -hmm. but you're seeking validation from abusive, you're seeking validation from an abusive person without recognizing, you know, there's something that you need to sort out and come to terms with from your first leader, the first, the first leadership you ever encountered. Exactly. Exactly. It's powerful. It's powerful. And you just cannot get away from it. You must move through it and heal it. And when, when we do, you embody your power and presence.
you walk into a room and you command that room, right? That's how you transcend the gender bias. It's how you transcend the culture in, in, every, in any place is truly embodying your presence. And that comes through releasing that conditioning. And I think, I think one thing to, um, to ask is, or to, 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 to double tap, I think sometimes like when going into the room, I think, I think owning yourself or at least you know, being more short and being more centered, whatever the, the right frame would, word would be, may help you also recognize if this, is, this may not be a room that you should be in because you value yourself way too much to be in a room where everybody is eating garbage. Mm-hmm. And you're not, you now know that actually, no, they're actually eating garbage here. This is not good for me. Exactly. And not to see that as failure because the challenge is when you, especially in toxic teams, toxic senior teams, leaving that team, they'll see you as being a failure. You couldn't cut it. You couldn't handle the pressure. You're a loser. That's why you're quitting. You're a quitter. Quitters don't win. Winners never quit. <laughs> I don't know what accent that was. <laughs> but I think that when you hear it, that can make someone who's not in a good place stay because you don't right. want to choose a quitter. But the reality is if you now kind of, you kind of more yourself, yes. you recognize that whole rhetoric is just a form of, I don't say madness, but there's definitely something really weird going on. And you right. don't have to be, you're not sent there to sort out that dysfunction. Right. Inject, walk out, pick up your bag as the, you know, pick up your laptop, your purse, and find a space where you can thrive. Absolutely. It, it is the, knowing yourself gives you the wisdom of knowing that. So when you are unsure of yourself, when you are operating out of your wounds, you, we tend you know, people tend, women, men tend to go into the proving mechanism. Then I have to prove myself. And that's what that culture that you're talking about is all about, right? It's about proving yourself, proving that you're enough, because you don't ever have to prove you're enough when you know you're enough. Yeah. Because no matter where you are, if you're proving it, you're also trying to prove it to yourself. So when you know, when you know your greatness, when you embody that power, you embody that presence, you're like, oh, no, thank you. You're not in the proving energy. Yeah. I don't need to prove myself to anyone. Yes, absolutely. No. And, and uh, uh, superheroes, you don't need to prove yourself to anyone. You are already enough. Exactly. Exactly. It's powerful. And so as we're about to run out of time, my final question. So for women listening to this who feel like, you know, they, they need to re- they need to, they need to make a, sh- a change, some sort of shift. Something just isn't, isn't working. That's why they've joined the community because they, they do want to make a change. They're at a crossroads. What advice would you give them? Oh, absolutely. Follow that, you know, get support, get support. That's the one of the 
main things women don't allow themselves is support. They think they should know better. I should know better. I should be able to do this on my own. Everybody else is doing it on their own. Get support, right? It's not true. And no, they're not doing it on their own. No, they're not. Um, I'm someone, I, I, I've been coached. I'm currently being coached by a couple people and I'm seeing a therapist. And I probably will be in therapy on and off. I don't see a time and I won't be. But I, I think it's important for us to get help. One quick example about that getting help, and I'm just glad that you touched on that. I was speaking with a, a lady called Deborah Boggs. She's a, a LinkedIn branding um, expert. She's really good at helping people get their names out, get their, get their profile LinkedIn. But she had said that very few women and even fewer women of color use her service, use yeah. that. Her clients, her clientele are predominantly white men. Interesting. So, because a lot of us think, when talking with women, and I find this when speaking with women, they can just do it themselves. That, that they can just do it themselves, they don't need the help. And the, the, the point we, we discovered in that conversation was, the people, we know that men have more advantages. We know white men have more advantages. We know white men who are uh, in their 40s and 50s are, are, are actually leading major corporations. And they're paying, re they're making real financial investment, despite all of that, to have CVs, resumes, and LinkedIn profiles that's, that slay. Yet we as women, I want to speak into that because I see this too. In our culture around the world, I think this is every culture, patriarchal culture, right? It's a proving mechanism. Women will not invest in themselves until they're making money, right? And it's, that is in the corporate too. Prove yourself first and then we'll give you a chance. Men bet on the potential of men. They want proof for women. And I see women doing that too. Well, I can't hire a coach until I have some clients. I can't hire a coach until I get the job, right? Mm -hmm. and, I, and I speak into that. It's like, this is your business building. This is your building in yourself. You get to invest in yourself first. The payoff comes later. That's where I see, culturally, we expect men to invest in themselves for a future payoff, and men and women don't allow themselves, don't allow women to do the same. Yeah. Cool. It's been so great talking to you again, Michelle. Absolutely loved having you back. Um, if anyone would like to, so go ahead. I loved being here. Thank you so much. I had so much fun. And I learned, took even more notes. Um, if anyone would like to reach out and work with Michelle, I have put her information in the comment section or the notes section below this video. Please do reach out. I think it would be great for a lot of you guys to be, figure out how you can also work through the wounds that, that we are all nursing. Beautiful.